Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. You know what's unexpected? The Patriots losing at home today. We're going to talk about that with Cousin Sal in a second. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Meanwhile, we're also brought to you by TheRinger.com where you can read all the stuff we wrote about football all weekend, as well as the uh, end of the decade stuff and a whole lot more as we head into 2020. The Ringer Podcast Network is still cranking, featuring The Rewatchables, which has a special trilogy episode with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Putting the first one out on Monday. He picked three movies and we did all three. And we're going to run them three weeks in a row on the Rewatchables feed. I won't tell you what the first one is, but we'll be dropping it on Monday afternoon on the Rewatchables feed. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino, the Quentin Tarantino on the Rewatchables, was excited to do it. Had films he wanted to do. So yeah, that's happening. Wait for Monday. It will be popping up in the afternoon. Be ready for it. Speaking of popping up. Cousin Sal and I are licking our wounds after a horrific week 17 for us, both for our football teams and for gambling. But there was some great stuff too. We're covering it all right now. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, as always, I'm both excited for the playoffs and I'm sad because the Week 17 post-podcast means that uh, the season is now over. Everything's over, including um, your season's over as a Cowboys fan. My season feels like it's headed toward being over as a Patriots fan. And then also we're just getting shellacked and gambling. So we're ready. I've never felt better about Week 18. Let's go. We're not doing anything right, it turns out. We're, nah. we're supposed to get smarter as the year get, goes along. But I know. It's nope, embarrassing. Not happening. Um, let's start Let's start on a positive note. We're taping this right after a really great Niners-Seahawks game Yeah, that had everything you'd ever want from a Sunday night. And Michaels and Collinsworth really wanted it, too. Even mm-hmm. when it seemed like Seattle had a chance of either getting blown out or just not being in the game. Michaels was bringing his A game. He really wanted it. And it all led to uh, this topsy-turvy fourth quarter. Those teams are both really good. It felt like Seattle, even though they lost, it's kind of a win because they get to play the Eagles, right? Yeah, usually going on the road for an extra game is a huge, huge deal. And it's like, well, it's not, you know, that's much less of a chance of you getting to the finals. And yeah, I guess odds-wise it would would show and that, you know, you want to rest some of your players. But... Seattle's just better on the road anyway. I mean, you know, they, they came on late in the second half, played like old Seattle Seahawks football right there, old Russell Wilson, but they're just better. They're, well, they're four and four and home and seven and one on the road. Right. I don't, I don't mind them on the road making their way. You know, they, this could be a rematch in two weeks. Right? Wait, did I misunderstand this? Cause I thought they were playing in round one, no matter what happened in that game. I thought they're going to be. I thought no. Seattle was a three seed if they won that game and a, and a five seed. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. They were playing in round one. Yeah. They were. Yeah. So, okay, That's so would true. you rather play Minnesota at home or go to Philly and play this Eagles team that basically it's the entire second string with two guys and Carson Wentz? 
I guess you want to play on the road. It's a tough thing because you, you, everyone on the team would say they'd rather play at home. They wouldn't want to pick a team over, you know, over another. But um, matchup wise, yeah, it's probably Seattle at Philly. They already beat them. Um, it's, it's a long travel, though. I don't know. I might say home. I might say home. Well, the other thing, if they're the four seed, assuming New Orleans beats Minnesota, then Seattle wins. Right. Then Seattle plays San Francisco again. Right. Well, that's what's going to happen now. Yeah. Right. Which mm -hmm. I think I would probably rather do that yeah. in round two than any of the other choices because those teams know each other so well. They're so evenly matched. It felt like they never really totally tapped into the Lynch thing today. Yeah. And he was coming on and coming on. And then that the third down, that pass interference that they didn't call in Hollister. Yeah where it seemed like it was all setting up for 12 seconds left, first down from the one, goal to go, basically for the game. You knew they were going to give it to Marshawn. That would have been probably the most exciting moment of the year, honestly. I tweeted that. I think Pete Carroll was secretly relieved that they took the false start penalty and moved, marched him back five yards. He can't afford another colossal botch up in the from the one-yard line or the two-yard line, so they took him back a little. But, yeah, let's go back. That, you know, First of all, they're playing with a backup tackle, a backup center, a third string tight end. Um, Clowney is not 100%. Griffin's not 100%. Uh, he's out most of the time. Uh, you know, you got Marshawn Lynch. You don't know what you're getting out of him. And it really didn't seem like Russell Wilson was comfortable with any of that in the first half. Like, it really right. seemed like gun shy. And they weren't blocking was the other thing. And San Francisco was just way physical and uh, had their way with them. But towards the end... I, I yes, I think that's a pass interference, but I also think that crazy personal foul call gave them the ball back a right. second time. You know, that was bad. And you talk about the twelfth man; that could be a way the twelfth man makes a difference. It really could. If it's so loud that the blocking linemen come up and can't hear that the, the play behind them is done, you really could bait the guy into hitting you. You know, if you're a D back or something. It's a really bad job by the ref because with three minutes left, I really doubt that an offensive lineman is just going to go out of his way five seconds after the whistle to just keep hitting somebody yeah. and take right. out their knees. Like they, the ref should kind of know the situation and how loud it is, but yeah, it all led to, it seemed like for a second, I thought they were going to review the Hollister pass interference because they can actually review that in the last two minutes. And if they don't, what are they, what's it for? Right? Yeah. Why not? Um, but if it had been Lynch from the one yard line with everybody wanting it, and then Carroll calling the exact same play from Super Bowl forty nine, right. that would have been the most hilarious football moment of the year. Yeah, it may have the been slant good. pass. Maybe they get it right this time, and it's like, look at that. <laughs> yeah, see, we did call the right play. Yep, they're they're uh, a really resilient team, and I wish uh, I wish my team had the same resilience. That, well, that I saw right the before Seahawks. we talk about that, and I, I'm glad to, but um, <laughs> no, I don't want to. Can we not? I know you don't. I really but that don't. game. So aside from a winner, like you know, so San Francisco is giving anywhere between two and a half and three and a half points, probably three and a half most of the week, wherever you got them if you gamble on it. So that is a huge drive in itself. And then even after they're out on downs by a, a, a three inches, I'm not stretching the ball into the end zone. San Francisco might take a safety there, which brings it to 26-23, and then you either push or lose or something if you have San Francisco. But because there was nine seconds left, Jimmy G forages forward and gets a yard or a quarter of a yard or whatever, enough to run the clock out. Unbelievable gambling moment, too. 
We were on a text thread with Hench yeah. and Damashek, and I threw out all the right moves, and it just bounced off everybody. Nobody even blinked. No, it's true. I, I was I was really ready for at least like five or six texts about all the right moves, but no. <laughs> but yeah, that was the all the right moves situation, right? The unbelievable defensive stand. Mm-hmm. They're on their own one, and then it rifleman hands off to whoever that Polish kid was. He yeah. fumbles it. The other team scores. They lose. And in this one, they did the the quickie Brady QB sneak. Yeah, which was great. And All it right, as long as and they covered. Let's let's talk about them. And they and they and and they cover the uh, basically every version of whatever a Niners bet would have been right. Right. Because that line I think crept up. Did it ever creep up to four? I think it did. I don't. know. I didn't see a three lot and a half to four. Three and a half was a lot though. Well, it was a tough one for the for Pats fans to have Jimmy G looking good on a Sunday night, considering yeah. we traded him away for a second round pick. I don't even remember who we got. Who do we get, Kyle? You know, <laughs> Kyle's Kyle's really down in the dumps. I'm worried about. I think about Kyle, Kyle got like a sedan from Carmax out of the deal, <laughs> out of the Jimmy G deal. Kyle got a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is Belichick's probably watching this game on Sunday night, going, "Yeah, this was my whole plan was for Brady to Brady was going to retire after that last the Eagles Super Bowl season, mm-hmm. and then pass the torch to Jimmy G, and we were just going to keep going." And now I have a 42-year-old quarterback with no receivers. What percent blame do you lay on on Belichick for this game? I thought the coaching was atrocious. Yeah. And and look, the Pats are always smarter than everybody else, usually. Today they were not. Today they were outcoached by a former Pats assistant, Brian Flores, Mm -hmm. who will not get coach of the year. But if we were talking about coach of the year candidates, I think he would have to be in the top four, right? I think we should we should maybe rethink it. I mean, we had Tomlin penciled in, but then I saw it's thirty or twenty straight games that the Steelers haven't scored thirty points. Yeah, Tomlin's um, I know that's not, not no, entirely Tomlin his fault, it. but that's a that's a long stretch. Tomlin blew it. Yeah, the I think the Green Bay coach has to be in consideration. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that team went thirteen three. Every week I watched them, they either played a terrible second half or a terrible first half. And they haven't lost in five weeks. You talk about like Saints looking better or uh, Niners looking better. Those teams lost more recently to Atlanta. Like Packers kind of in a groove. They win ugly and no one likes it, but they're kind of in a groove. Yeah, the case for Brian Flores is that team, first three weeks of the season, we we were having debates about whether this was going to be the worst football team of all time. Mm-hmm. And then they make the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. They traded Tunsil before the season. And it seemed like they were going to try to usher in the first ever legitimate, we are trying to tank NBA style type of performance. And the second half of the year, they became one of the feel good stories of the league. Yeah. We beat and them by 40 points. Every game. They, like most, almost every game after September, they really did, you know, and, and for a defense that I think they were the only defense that allowed over 30 points a game. They were fun. They were, they were like Tampa. Although I guess they're both East. They're both in Florida, right? So yeah, they're the AFC Tampa. Well, it's not like they had a ton of weapons. No. Like it was basically Parker, the tight end who's pretty good. Then then it was just random running backs. They had a couple wide receivers make play. I could never, today I could never keep keep track of who was who. Yeah. And then Fitzpatrick, who has definitely had the weirdest career of any quarterback, I would say, the last 15 years, right? And this being his greatest day of that career. Yeah, you would think, right? He was I think so. He was serenely confident. Yeah. To the point that as they were driving down, I was just assuming they were going to score. Mm-hmm. This is 
the you know this team that we thought might have the best defense in recent memory in the first eight weeks of the season. Now by week seventeen, I'm hoping the Dolphins can score fast enough so we can get the ball back. Right. What the hell happened? What happened to my Pat season? I don't know. I, I think is it possible that defense just is exhausted? They just played so hard and out of their minds. And now Stefan Gilmore doesn't know what to do against Devontae Parker, who is a good receiver. And by the way, came really came through after signing a $40 million deal. It really inspired him. It's not usually how it works right. in sports. But um, they just looked like, you know, a little better than average. They definitely should have scored on the Dolphins. Like I said, one of the worst defensive teams. But yeah. is it possible they just overworked and t- just two games too long? I thought Miami came in with a specific plan to actually go after Gilmore which most teams were afraid to do all year. They felt like they had an advantage with Parker for whatever reason. I, I never would have thought that before the game, but he he basically, Gilmore can't win defensive player of the year now because he was terrible in that game. And he, it was a hard to imagine a defensive back winning that award anyway. But now after that, I'm not sure he can win. He was favored going into the week, but yeah, Chandler was right there. There were a few guys right up, right up there. And then they attacked Chung, which was smart. Because Chung, I don't think, has been the same since he got hurt earlier in the year. And then our pass rush, Fitzpatrick just, he kept he kept kind of creating ways to create another two, three seconds here or there. They had no run game to speak of. And on the other side, it felt like the Pats could run on them for five, seven yards whenever they wanted. And yeah. they always got into trouble when they stopped running. But it was a really discouraging game. That should have been the get well I don't care who he's throwing to. I know you're going to make that. I know you tweeted that all the receivers suck and everything, but guess what? Carson Wentz had 4,000 yards and threw to, you know, his top three guys were hurt and they just brought guys like uh, G Ward in. Right. I, I don't know who else. So, but the thing can't... is, Brady, he actually, you know, he threw for 4,000 yards too and he actually put up half decent stats in this game. I, to me, it was more, doesn't seem like he's on the same page with any of these guys. Yeah, They don't have the ability, I think because he just doesn't trust the people around him to go no huddle anymore. And, you know, to kind of change the pace depending on the quarter. Right. It doesn't seem like he feels like he can do that anymore. So they, they've become really predictable. Edelman is a shell of himself. I'm convinced like he's hiding some major injury because he, mm-hmm. he doesn't look like himself anymore. And then the, the tight end position is just a non-entity for them. And then, you know, you would have thought James White would have had like 15 catches today at three. So I, I don't know what they're doing, but from a Brady standpoint, he just has a lot of bad throws. I know the stats add up. And if you look at the totality and you can blame the receivers and he's not familiar with Sanu and Sanu's not playing well, you go through all the things, but the throws just don't look good, especially in the first hour of the game, as we've talked about over and over again. Yeah. He misses throws. He makes bad throws. The balls hang up in the air too much. There's a lot of uncatchable balls and he just doesn't look the same. I don't think he looks bad, but I don't think at this point as a 42 year old guy, he can kind of carry an offense and get, and get a team like the team he has to 30 points when they need it. No, I didn't, Wentz, said, and by the way, Wentz can't either. Right. Well, we'll see what Wentz does. I, I, that team has a weird mystique about him and, and guess what? The Patriots still do too. And you know, if Fitzpatrick doesn't drive 80 yards, on them, you win your tenth. Right, you get your tenth buy in a row. You know, and people like that, talk about what a scare it was. Oh my god! Well, they, yeah. well, they actually scored. But the thing is, it that's why it was such a terrible loss. They had the lead with four minutes left, and Miami had to go eighty yards, and they're fucking Miami, and they mm-hmm. went eighty yards easily. 
It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, your team, you you blew it last week, but then you you had the I call it the Game Seven, nineteen eighty six World Series scenario where you're dead. You've been pronounced dead, but you're not dead yet. The family's still in the hospital room with you. Yeah, you're like ah, maybe he'll wake up, and there's there's possible signs of life, and then the Giants tie it, Barkley. Bus one and and you start you're killing Washington you're feeling good and then then you die again right brutal Daniel Jones turns it over and I'm like oh I'm mad and I'm like what am I mad about what what am I what am, what's wrong here I don't want any chance of Jason Garrett coming back Jason Garrett <laughs> in the press conference it so perfectly put it he said well it was out of our hands the whole thing was out of our hands <laughs> all right. I think it was in your hands the first 16 weeks, though, right? We could say that. It's not like they randomly decide who gets to go to the playoffs in week 17, depending on who, if you lose or not. But, um, hey, 47 points, man. Take that. <laughs> I love it. That's all that matters. Most points last week, right? Poor Aikman. They're yeah. like, Troy, we got you to another Dallas game. He's like, really? <laughs> Ken, is there any other game? He's like, no, there's actually, there's not really a great NFC game unless you want to do Philly Giants. Right. All right. Uh, uh. Well, the Philly, they, I mean, guys were getting injured during that game. They had already mm-hmm. passed the crazy injury point, I would say, five weeks ago. And what was the, their, their Pro Bowl guard? All of a sudden, he's getting carried off. He's on a cart. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I really respect Wentz. Great job by him. Yeah. I wasn't sure on him, and I don't think you were either, right? No, for sure not. And you know, especially like going. Well, but the the bottom line is the Giants weren't weren't going to do the Cowboys any favors. They may have gotten close and said, "Oh wait, no, we hate this team more than we hate the Eagles, so we got to back off a little bit." But no, all, all kidding aside, he went in there in the rain. He knew the Giants almost beat him the first time. Not an easy game, only like a four and a half, five point favorite, depending on where you get it, and. uh yeah, they kicked the crap out of them when they needed to. It was close, and then they opened it up. They 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 could be a little bit of a threat. I think we thought, and we're going to go over the lines in a minute, I think we thought like the 5C, whoever comes out of the West in the wild card is going to be a seven-point favorite, and it's going to be easy. N- not so sure. Well, Landon Roberts was second in receiving yards for the Pats today. I don't think go. I could feel worse. <laughs> and it actually might be our most potent offensive player of Edelman's here. You could have had the bye. Could have had the bye. So close. I tweeted out earlier today how Roberts had as many TDs this season as Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. Wow. But he had one more than Sony Michelle, Ben Watson, and Rex Burkhead, and one less than Nikhil Harry. Mm-hmm. So it's been that kind of season. And Yeah, well, you need a good quarterback. The Patriots fan base is in complete tumult right now because half the people are blaming Belichick and and the other half are blaming Brady and just with the dynasty. And this is, of course, this was going to happen. And, um, Can I predict what's going to happen? Yeah, you're really <laughs> they're going to win round team. two. I, I don't think they're very good. I didn't think they were even, I thought they were going to either lose to Buffalo or win by three last week. And they won I, by seven. They're, they're probably not long for the finals or the final four even, but. They put them at the night game. This is the first time two AFC teams are playing in the same game in a long time. Two AFC plays Saturday, NFC plays Sunday because they wanted to put the Patriots at night because they might not have the chance next Saturday night. So, oh, so you that's are official. Gain confidence as the week goes on, you're going to gain so much confidence, and you're going to your Pats are going to be in everything, every money line parlay, every straight bet, everything. You see, you'll see what happens. 
so they're put they put the two AFC teams on Saturday and the other NFC games are Sunday. Right. So the Shakey's Bowl, Buffalo at Houston is the early game Saturday and then at night Tennessee at New England. I told you that there was no way Buffalo Houston wasn't going to be the early Saturday right. game. But no matter what they were going to do. I was like they'd love putting Patriots at night. How are they going to do? They can't put both AFC and Saturday and they did it. I, I don't remember that in a while. Well, and then on top of everything they have to play this Tennessee team. Mm. Jesus. Well, we have a whole bunch of other stuff to cover. Let's talk about Crown Royal. They launched the first off-the-field water break last year to encourage fans of the game to moderate and hydrate to stay in the game. Whether you're watching in the stadium, watching home or in a bar, have a great time. Enjoy some Crown. Don't be that person that ruins it for everyone. Make the right call. Take a water break. Sal, who made the right call this week or not? Um, all right. So, well, I have a right call and a wrong call, and I'm going off the NFL board. It's a game you watched, a college game, Clemson, Ohio State. I'll admit there's a little sour grapes because I picked Ohio State to win, and I backed it with a lot of money. Um, and Ohio State's up 16 nothing. They blow the lead. And then, so Clemson catches a pass. Justin Ross, he fumbles it. Jordan Fuller on Ohio State scoops it and scores. They take the lead, 23-21. They review the catch. Now, on the field, they made it called it a catch. Everything's great. All the elements are there. They overturn it on the field. I say good call by the ref, bad call by whatever idiot in New York is looking at this. Again, it's sour grapes. Ohio State had two shots. They punted on fourth and four at the 39-yard line, and then Fields throws an interception in the end. It's their fault they lost, but this is terrible. I mean, this football move, has to go. The football move was there. First of all, you're on the football field. Anything you do is a football move. That's it, okay? If you start squeezing groceries in the produce aisle, that's a that's a produce move. Sorry. That, that, you're on the football field. That's it. And also, he raised the ball so as to not get it stripped. That's a football move, too. I just don't understand why possession uh, and steps doesn't equal a catch. So good move by the refs, bad move by the overall. That's a good one. My right call this week, Bruce Arians. Game goes into overtime. He's playing Atlanta. Neither team is heading to the playoffs. Neither team even has a chance to be above 500 for the year. He's 68 years old. He can't watch Jameis Winston anymore. And he's like, how can I make this game end fast enough? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive the ball and I'm going to call a quick out to Jameis and hopefully he'll throw a pick six and put us all out of our misery. You think and that's, that's exactly what happened. what happened. Yeah. I think, I think, I think he had a master plan. Bruce Aarons, <laughs> you get my great call of the week. Crowd world reminds everyone this football season to take a water break and moderate, stay in the game. So we've been on this Jameis thing for like two months. Love it. I don't remember the first time we talked about the possibility of a 30, 30 season for him, but it's been a running joke with us for weeks and it kind of became Everybody was on everyone's radar this whole week that he needed two more to get it. And then it didn't seem like it was going to happen. And then finally it happened. Not only did it happen, he threw his seventh pick six, which is also a new record. Mm -hmm. So he made history all over the place. Not to mention he threw for over 5,100 yards. And I have no idea what I would do if I was Tampa. (laughs) Like, what do you mean you have no idea? Like, it's so exciting. I, I know he's exciting, but if my goal is to actually try to make the playoffs and win playoff games, I'm not sure he could be my quarterback. He threw. Oh, no, no, no. You have to sign him. You have to. This is, um, 
I'm trying to think of what it's like. It's like having a dog, like having like a basset hound who, who is excels at ultimate frisbee, but also shits on the neighbor's lawn like all day long. You know, (laughs) you got to take it's such an interaction. I mean, if would Michael Jordan would he play play for that minor league team? What was it, the Barons? They'd still have him playing, right? It's a great attraction. You got to get fans there. It's an exciting team. You got Shaq Barrett. He had 19 and a half sacks. I think he led the league. And Jameis, are you kidding me? You have to resign that guy. So you think like their slogan for 2020 would be like, Jameis, shit is going to happen. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think <laughs> good shit, it. bad shit. It's going to be shit. Yeah. So I think the 30 interceptions, when you look at the landscape of just how few interceptions we have now in football. Mm-hmm. Like we had Brady finished with eight. Wentz had seven going into the last game. I don't know how many right. he ended up with. Rogers, I think, did he have one today? He had three heading into that game. But we, you're talking about half of the league starting quarterbacks are in single digits for interceptions. And, mm-hmm. and Jameis threw 30. He threw seven pick sixes. He threw more pick sixes than some quarterbacks threw interceptions for the whole yeah. year. So I don't know how you can bring him back. It would make sense if he himself were blocking for the guy who intercepted the ball. Like, how do all those get returned? Like, I I still don't understand it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the way he ended the game was so good. I mean, Game of Thrones, take a look. Take a look. Lost Game of Thrones. Take a look at how you end the season. That's how (laughs) you do it. That is a season finale right there. We need to call out something. The pick six to end the season on a pick six. I don't know what, maybe we need to come up with a name. Pick six feet under something. I don't know. (laughs) Pick six under. Yeah. So good. I don't know if Brady's leaving the Pats after this year. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. I was thinking Tampa would be a good team for him. If he wanted to play the card of, I just want to have good receivers and Mm -hmm. a veteran coach. And I just want to air it out for like two more years. Cause Perriman, I think, I think they have to re-sign Perriman. But if you, I thought he was really good for them the second half of the year. Even I don't though, know even, what they do. I mean, he had fifty one hundred nine yards. Jameis. It seemed like Mike Evans had a thousand to fifteen hundred. Like I don't know where all these yards came from. I well, think, I have I have a new home for Jameis because I think I actually think Tampa is too small of a city for him. Why don't you take him, New England? That's a good trade. No, no, I have a I have a better the L A Chargers. Oh, interesting. They have to. They need some sort of attraction. They're moving into this new stadium. They can't mm-hmm. sell any seat licenses. They have to get rid of Rivers. Rivers mm-hmm. is done. They have no identity whatsoever, nor will they. How do you have an identity? You're the team that has Jameis Winston, the most exciting week-to-week quarterback in the league other than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, We have a guy who can win or lose every five minutes, depending on what's happening. You can't take your eyes off this guy. He's on our team. He's on the LA Chargers. Here he is. That's pretty good. That should be their guy, right? Put him with Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That's a really fun team. I think it's fun. We would I go. Think, we would go to an LA Chargers game if Jameis was the we quarterback. We probably would. But the other thing is, they don't take advantage of Rivers either. Like Rivers, he's a different kind of uh, disaster than Jameis. But he's I more talking sad. to himself on the sidelines all the time. He should be mic'd up for the stadium to hear throughout the three-hour <laughs> game. Like that's it. That's how you get people to go. That's hilarious if you do that. Well, I hope Rivers. I would much rather see him retire than find another team because as yeah. we've discussed before, I think he could be a really good TV guy. I think oh, yeah. he has sneaky high TV potential as either a Monday night football guy or 
I don't care about the studio show as much because I don't watch the studio shows. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be more excited if he was on like fantasy football now, just as Stefania Bell and Matthew Barry are talking about like, who's the QB seven this week, just how amused he'd be by all of it. But uh, yeah, I don't think he could do Monday night football though. The bar is very, very high there. Very high. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, a lot of people seem to think that Tessator has toned it down. Oh, really? Yeah, that it's like when Garrett stopped clapping. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could take a small victory in that. We've made so many jokes. Maybe somebody told him or something. I, he may have. But the other thing is I sent you a video. I don't know who was doing the game, the Giants-Eagles game. Was it I and Eagle? I don't know who it was. But whenever Boston Scott carries the ball, everyone goes crazy. Yeah, it's a, well, you said it in the text. It's a very fun name to say. Yeah, it must, yeah. Boston Scott! That is Boston Scott. <laughs> really weird movie type endings. Are we getting Tessator on Saturday? Um, I don't know that we are. I did get some notes from some fans in Australia who are bummed that they're getting Tessator and Booger for the Super Bowl. They already know that they're getting, they must be doing the foreign <laughs> games at uh, LA, uh, the uh, English speaking. <laughs> they're doing fans. the Australian Super Bowl? Yeah, the Australian Super Bowl. Oh, they, they use ESPN should put that on the app. I'd, pro- I'd probably tune in if the game yeah. was a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Phil Rivers thing really quickly. Do you know what his career record was? I looked it up. It, it's it? one of those careers that felt more substantial than it actually was. Mm-hmm. All due respect to Phil. He was 123 and 100 for his career. Mm-hmm. He was five and six in the playoffs. Can you guess how many AFC title games he played in? Um, two, one. He played in one. He lost to the 2007 Pats right. when he heroically played in the AFC uh, with, with a torn ACL. Oh, right. Um, two to one TD interception. Now he he's the signature quarterback on this franchise that then left its city. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bummer. Like, hey, you know, if you're talking mid 2000s, it was Rivers, Eli, Roethlisberger, and Breeze was like the new wave, right? Right. Eli wins two Super Bowls and becomes the most polarizing Hall of Fame case of all time. Roethlisberger wins two Super Bowls. Breeze becomes one of, you know, even if the NFL 100 didn't think so, one of one of the 10 or 12 best quarterbacks ever. Sure. And Rivers just kind of was there and had a had a pretty good career and I think we all really respected him and he won some games but not really not a lot to remember. Kind of feel bad for because- him. Yeah, and Eli's going to make the Hall of Fame. I I compare him to Eli because he's on his way out too. Apparently, so twenty games better than Eli, right? Or twenty over five hundred? Is that yeah. what he is? Yeah, yeah, and I think you can make the case that if they just switch teams, he probably would have had similar success. Maybe I think if you switch teams, probably neither of them does anything. It's weird. Well, the f- funny thing is they they should have switched teams because San Diego mm-hmm. was going to draft Eli. Absolutely, remember, and that led to the whole trade and all that. But yeah, it's weird. I felt like Rivers was a bigger figure these last 15 years than I think the record would suggest. I'll be interested to see if he's a Hall of Fame case because I, my gut reaction would be like, oh yeah, of course he's a Hall of Famer. But then you actually think about his career in context against the other QB peers that he had and the lack of playoff success and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. the fact that the last part of his career really what he really didn't age that well during in a league where quarterbacks have aged really well. Right. And for whatever reason, he hasn't. 
So I don't know. I don't know what happens to him. But you know what's strange? He needed to go a little further, I think, in the playoffs because that's the big thing. I know as a Romo need one guy, run. I'm, I'm told over and over that yeah, no, he didn't go far enough in the playoffs. Didn't get to the playoffs enough. But I, and I I look at last year, and this is a big game because I'm not going to ruin it. We all put it. We put our guesses in for the spreads already. But this was a similar thing last year. The Chargers came off a win, a road win against the Ravens. Now, that wasn't the the 2019 Lamar Jackson Ravens, but yeah. they had the road win in the playoffs. They went to Foxborough. A lot of people thought they were the better team, and they were getting a similar number of points. I want to, I want to, won't pinpoint it as Tennessee is this Saturday night. Yeah, and this is why I think you're going to turn. You're going to be like, no, Patriots laid the smackdown. That's what's going to happen. But had he won that game, I almost think that might have been enough to push him over. Yeah, and I think the difference with that Chargers team last year and why I eventually talked myself into the Pats on this Tennessee team is I was never sold on the coaching side of the San Diego. What the mm-hmm. the Belichick versus Anthony Lynn and his coaching staff, I've just felt like that was a major advantage for us. I think Tennessee is really well coached. And you could make a case that if they had just played Tannehill the whole year, that might have been an eleven win team. Right. You know, Henry's is is there any running back you would take over Henry? Uh, don't even talk to me about it. I had Chubb. I had a couple hundred bucks on Chubb at nine to win and win the nine to one. Oh, the Jesus. Title. Against the Bengals, bitch. too, week 17. Oh, crap. He had the Bengals it, treated it like it was their Super Bowl. Titans are playing a backup Texans team. I, I, I don't even want to discuss it. Well, you know what we can discuss? It's the end of the Freddie Kitchens era already. I know. That's sad, too. Like, I found that out within. 45 seconds of the Cowboys season officially ending. I was like, I can't take this one-two punch. I love Freddie Kitchens. I love him almost as much as Jameis. I don't know if I'd, I'd be able to choose between the two. Well, well now I don't have to. You're going to love him even more when he replaces Todd Furman on your show. <laughs> and he's he's in the third square. I would love that. You and Clay and Freddie. Fred, <laughs> Freddie just being confused. It's his turn to make a pick, but a minute runs off and he doesn't realize that he was up. Then it goes to commercial as he starts making his pick. It'll be great. He, he wears a stupid, ironic T-shirt every day, a different one, and we have to laugh. <laughs> I could do with that. Uh, let, me, let me ask you who your favorite Browns coach of the decade was. <laughs> so the Browns were 42 and 118 this decade. Here are mm-hmm. your nominees. Eric Mangini, he coached in 2010. Yeah. The immortal Pat Shermer, 2011 and 12. Rob Chijinsky, 2013. Mike Pettin, was it Pettin or Patin? Pettin. Mike Pettin, 2014 and 15. Hugh Jackson put in three years or two and a half years. Greg Williams or Freddie Kitchens? Those are your seven nominees. We we had a lot of fun with you, right? How would you power rank these? It's tough, but I put Freddie. I think it was such untapped talent. I thought we missed out so much with Freddie. He needed one more year. Not that he was going to do anything for this team. So, wise, but so you we say from enjoyed him so much more for our enjoyment. Freddie was the most fun. Freddie was number. Freddie had Freddie could have done like Bobby Valentine stuff thing. Like he'd get thrown out of a game and come back with a disguise. I think he had so much in him that we we was, was untapped. I liked Freddie's reactions as his wide receivers were yelling at him during yeah. random games, <laughs> where he just had this amused look, like when my son is flipping out when I'm playing Madden with him, right? And I'm just kind of amused. I'm not. <laughs> I don't feel physically threatened, even though it feels like I should be because I have this mm-hmm. little tiny person screaming at me. Right. Uh, that's how he carried himself, I felt like, with Beckham and Landry. Yeah. I think Kitchens was the the 
runner-up comedy MVP because it's recency bias. No, nobody was funnier than Hugh Jackson. I guess so. Hugh Jackson was the best. Hugh Jackson's hard knocks was iconic. He's still the funniest one. And I would put uh, Mangini third because Mangini was was Fredo. He went against Michael Corleone mm-hmm. and, it, and it backfired on him. I you know, think you might be right about Kitchens. Mangini and Hugh Jackson make FS1 appearances every now and then. So I think that's where they land, all of them. I, they have an understanding with the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you fire your coach, send him here. What I, about the owner, though? This is five coaches in eight years. But maybe, you know. It's six because he, he inherited Shermer. Yeah. And plus, like, how many different front offices has he had? He's had at least five. Right. Enough. And then he allowed Costner to film draft day and use the Browns. Oh, right. Which was like, of course, that was going to backfire. Yeah. Dumbass. He might be my favorite owner. We you do those power ratings. So many good ones. The Browns had a bad decade last decade. Mm-hmm. And this decade was like way worse. 42 and 118. Mm-hmm. This is why I should never complain about the Patriots. Well, and you know, here's the other thing. I can make fun of the Browns, but that coach that I want let go, every time I feel bad for him, seven years this decade, we didn't make the playoffs. Jason Garrett. So seven years you didn't make the playoffs? Seven out of the ten. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know what to tell you about the Jason Garrett thing. We've talked about it all decade. You you were out on him probably 2014. Yeah. And you had him for another five years. He did a weird thing where he won a game at the Giants with a backup quarterback. And that like added and that somehow added like six years to his deal. I don't know. I'm gonna give you two quarterbacks right now. Mm-hmm. One quarterback in the la- in his last nine games threw for 2,611 yards, 15 TDs, and six picks. The other quarterback threw for 2,065 yards, 13 TDs, and four picks. One of those two QBs is Tom Brady, and the other is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wow. Who threw for less yards? All right, well, I mean, you're setting me up. So the, the shittier one was Brady? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fitz threw for 550 yards more than him. Mm-hmm. And more touchdowns. Right. And it's not like he had more weapons. I mean, no. I guess maybe their schedule is a little bit easier. Not afraid to sling it, and neither is Tannehill. And that's that's one good thing. It'd be, you know, some of these teams go into Foxborough and they're half beaten, but well, so if you're a Dolphins fan, are you furious about this Tannehill thing? Or, or are you saying, are you furious that he's good now? Or are you furious that you had a good quarterback, but everybody else was so incompetent? That you fucked it up. Yeah, probably the second one. I don't know. You can't be, you can only be so mad because they've seen it happen before with, with everybody. But I, I don't think, you know, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you have two Dolphins quarterbacks you could lose to in two weeks. I didn't even realize that. Oh, my God. This is getting good. Do you know that he led the league in quarterback rating? Yeah, I know. I, I did a whole thing on that. I hate quarterback rating. If you look at some of these guys in quarterback, like Josh Allen is 17th in quarterback rating. I'd much rather have him than a lot of the guys in the top. Kirk Cousins is fourth. That probably invalidates a lot of it. Although Kirk Cousins, you know, ended up with decent stats as he always does. That's why, thank God we have the eye test. Mm -hmm. Thank thank God we have all the people that actually watch football. Well, how happy is Cousins at that? Because that was going to be the Saturday game. Cousins at uh, New Orleans. I mean, he he shits the bed at night. You can't, I don't know what it is with him. Very strange. We had... One of the many terrible bets that I made today are betting decisions. We, you really liked the Lions. Mm-hmm. You thought the Lions Packers game looked fishy. Yeah. You thought something didn't smell right with it to you. So we decided to do a Lions Panthers underdog bet. <laughs> Me, you, and House. 
It was 48 to one. Yeah. We're like, this would be fun. We just sprinkled a little on it. The Lions score right away. And it's like, this is great. And then it's like, let's go to New Orleans where the Saints have scored again. It's 14 nothing. <laughs> Will Greer, who they just basically threw to the uh to the Lions, not yeah, the Detroit not Lions. Yeah, he and he's just looked uh under siege for four or five weeks mm-hmm. and just gets the shit kicked out of him and looks terrible. And then they bring in Kyle Allen who they had already decided wasn't the guy. That's always mm-hmm. odd. I like when that happens with football, where it would be like if you got rid of your wife and you dated somebody for five weeks, and then you're like, all right, honey, come on back. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, what? You just got rid of me. Right, right, right. And that's Kyle Allen. Yeah. So Kyle, he's back. Nephew Kyle, we're going to have to cut this from the podcast. <laughs> too, too close to home. <laughs> so no, anyway, no, I know what you're saying. Anyway, the Panthers get killed, then we lose that bet. But yeah, you you were on the well, whole I was Lions on the, thing. I just, you know what's funny? I looked at your tweet this morning, and it's so ironic. It's like, it was, it's something to the effect of, I'm so ready for a topsy-turvy NFC today. Something, I'm, I'm prepared for anything. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, it was your team. Yeah, it was, it was my team. point favorite in the AFC that lost. It was the... Second biggest upset of the last, what, 25 years? Yeah. So at least we had honor. So I lost because I did the classic thing that we do all the time, where when we want to narrow somebody's odds a little bit, we throw in huge favorites mm-hmm. and we know they're going to win. It was like, of course, the Patriots are going to win. Right. They, they're playing for a bye week. They're playing Miami. They're 15 and a half point favorites. We'll throw oh. in that minus 1400, put that in with the Chiefs. And then the Celtics on Friday. And then that moved to Tennessee. It allowed us to do the Tennessee money line. Tennessee was my favorite game of the day. And somehow I didn't even bet it straight up. Had them tied to the fucking Pats and just get kicked in the Tennessee, that line went from three to five to seven to nine. I think it kicked off at 10 as you saw more and more players. And then Kansas City won. So it didn't matter for... Like the Texans weren't catching the Patriots, right? So... You weren't going to see Watson. You weren't going to see Hopkins, any of those guys. And they just, they took care of business. Well, that was my lesson for the, for, to take forward to next year mm-hmm. is that we knew on Monday that that Tennessee line was wrong. We knew yeah. that he, Houston was like, no, they're putting their starters. And then we looked at it. We looked at all the, all the variations. And it was like, if the Pats win and the Chiefs win, there's absolutely no way Houston can move out of the four seed. Why would they play their starters? This mm-hmm. makes no sense. And then, of course, comes to late last night. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, Houston might bench their starters. The line starts moving, ends up seven and a half this morning, climbs all the way to 10. And we had it at three for two days. Yeah. No, we knew don't. that we knew they weren't going to play their starters. So let's file that away for next year. But it was also contingent on Kansas City's win, which was easy enough. You know, although the charges were a little, little bit friskier than I would have liked, but. Yeah, there was a moment where it started to look like Phil Rivers' last hurrah. Yeah. But I think his last hurrah is going to be his ninth kid. That's how that's going to play. Let's <laughs> that's ha- one more kid? Yeah. Let's take one more break. <laughs> Let's take a break to talk about Google Assistant and the Ringer NBA show. What do those two have in common? Well, first of all, the Ringer NBA show is a really good show. We put up at least four episodes a week featuring a bunch of rotating Ringer hosts as well as the mismatch twice a week with Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. I know those guys. So here's what this has to do with Google Assistant. If you like the NBA, if you like hearing people argue about the NBA and talk about the topical storylines as they're happening, well, you should tell the Google Assistant. In fact, 
you can tell the Google Assistant, hey, Google, play the Ringer NBA show podcast. Okay, here's the latest episode of the Ringer NBA show. The Lakers come up short again against the Clippers. Plus, Rockets falter. Carlisle calls the post extinct, the mismatch. Hey, Google, pause the Ringer NBA show podcast. Oh, great. Thank you. Because right now we're about to head to an especially fun time of the season where we have All-Star coming. People argue about the All-Star starters and reserves for two solid weeks and then nobody actually watches the game or cares about it. I really enjoy this part of the season. Uh, all right. Back to this podcast. All right. You wanted to talk about, we but before we do guest lines, we did a bunch of predictions before the year. How did we do? Yeah, that, well, there's this guy, we should thank this guy, Chris H. on Twitter, at CPHaines78. He made some kind of crazy spreadsheet. Uh, we did a AFC and NFC over on those back in late August. Um, it's interesting because it is kind of like we followed our conferences here. I went 10 and 6 in the NFC. You went 8 and 8. I think our worst pick was 49ers under 8.5. We both had that. Um and what was weird was, uh, so I had Philadelphia to win a division. You had Dallas. Uh, you had Green Bay. I had Chicago. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I had New Orleans. You had Tampa. Oh, and we both Tampa. had the Rams. Thanks for nothing, Rams. Yep. <laughs> so no we did terrible. Pick. No first round pick till 2022, the Rams. Yeah. But um, three out of the four division winners were different in the NFC. Three out of the four were the same in the AFC. So that was interesting. And for the AFC, you did better. You went... Nine and seven, I think, and I went seven and nine. We both had under. Oh, I had under. That was terrible with Baltimore. That was my worst pick. We both had New England to win the division. We won that. We both had Pittsburgh. That was killed when Big Ben went out. We, I had Houston. You had Indy, and we both had KC. Hmm. So they, we suck. So we basically we don't totally suck at this, but we're not good at it either. Yeah. No. No. We're better in August than we are in what is this now? December. Yeah. Damn it. Well. <laughs> The San Francisco thing, we saw a really bad Garoppolo preseason game and got freaked oh, out. Right. Remember that? And, mm -hmm. and we should file that one away for next year too because that lousy preseason performance threw more people off their scent. Yep. And it completely flipped the narrative. They had been like, oh, here's the hot team. They're gonna, this, is, this is 2019 sleeper team. And he sucked in one game. People were like, they're out. Fuck them. They're out. Division's mm -hmm. too hard. So... They um, are so damn good, though. I mean, they they were so physical in the first half, and they're fast yeah. as shit. And you got that Kyle Juszczyk, that fullback, who's I think he's a four time Pro Bowler. He's I mean, you, you look at you look at Kittle, and he's he really is Gronk with a different jersey, right? Wearing eighty five and wearing the Niners jersey. Yeah, you I got thought all the excitement, all the everything Gronk has, and then you got the great play calling. They're a dynamite team. I thought Gronk was the best tight end ever. When he yeah. retired, I was like, that's the best tight end I'm probably going to see. Mm -hmm. Kittle, Kittle is right on pace. And I thought Collinsworth made a really good point. It really doesn't seem like he think he's that he thinks he can get tackled. Right. He's going through these dudes like he just assumes everybody who is going to bounce off him. Yeah, he's really bummed when he gets uh, taken down. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> you tackled me? <laughs> yeah, he does have that vibe of, and which young Grok definitely had too, of, that kid who's too big to be in the game mm -hmm. where it's like, ah, your 14 year old cousins in this game. It's just like us nine year olds. This right, isn't right. fun now. And he's just rolling through people. But they, the thing with the Niners, I, I really liked them in the game today, which is ironic because they came within an inch of losing. 
but the speed is there. They have two receivers beyond Kittle that seem like they can get open when they need them. And then this rotating running back crew and all the guys are fast and can do stuff. And, and yeah. as long as Jimmy doesn't throw the ball to the other team, it just seems like they can move the ball. I thought today be good. I like the NFC because whether whether it's Wentz or Wilson, and let's say the Saints advance, that, that's a great Final Four as far as quarterbacks. Yeah, you're not going to get much better than that with Jimmy G and Russell Wilson and uh, and uh, Rogers and Breeze. That's phenomenal. I actually think they're good enough that I was wondering if they were going to go for it after that stupid uh, unnecessary roughness call. When I think it ended up being fourth and two from the thirty. Yeah, it was like two or three. Yeah. And I was like, are they going to go for this? And if they went for it, I was like, they're going to get this. Mm-hmm. I really thought that they could get three yards if they absolutely needed it. confident in all their play calling. I really am. Yeah. I think that's, as we head into the uh, into the the 12-team playoffs, I think that's the best NFC team, don't you? The best NFC team? Yeah. If I, if I had to pick one team, you're like, yeah. my life depends on it. I think I would pick the I Niners. think so. Well, Who like I pick? said, the Packers haven't lost in a while. It's been the longest for them. It's like five weeks. Um, but I think they could get tripped up. Yeah, if San Francisco's home, I think that's the team. I really do. So we have Super Bowl odds right now. The Ravens are plus 240. Mm-hmm. And there's some crazy end-of-the-year Ravens stats. Have you seen some of these? Some bets, you said? No, that... that they had the best point differential since the oh, right. AFL NFL merger in 1970. Yeah. They had a better point differential than the 2007 Pats. Mm. And then I saw this too in a couple places. They're the first team that ever averaged 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing per game in a season. Wow. They're, they, they're a 200-200 team. That's nuts. So they also, they, they broke the 1978 Patriots rushing record, which was... We hadn't won a Super Bowl until 2001, or mm-hmm. I guess February 2002, but that the 1978 team rushing record was one of the things I really held on to in the pre-Brady-Belichick dynasty. Was that we ran for like you 30... like that? Now it's gone. 14 games. We ran for like 3,200 yards or something. Well, maybe you'll have a chance to pay him back in two weeks. Ravens are plus 240. Niners are plus 350. Chiefs 4-1. to Saints 7-1. Packers 10-1. to Patriots 15 to 1, Seahawks 22 to 1, Eagles 35 to 1, Vikings 40 to 1, hmm. Texans 45 to 1, Bills 55 to 1. I got to tell you, Titans at 60 to 1 is enticing. Oh, come on. It's enticing. It's a lot. Those are big odds. So they have to beat Brady and Lamar Jackson and probably Mahomes. So here's the recipe I'm just going to yeah. make the case. They beat the Pats. They go to Baltimore for round two, seven degrees, ugly, bruising, 13 to 10 type game, right? Mm-hmm. And they just try to hopefully run the ball. A.J. Brown makes one play. They pull one out. Casey loses to whoever from the Houston Buffalo thing. And they play one of those teams. I That would be the road, I guess, right? Yeah. I don't think they could beat. Seems far-fetched to beat the Pats, Lamar, and Mahomes. I can't, I just don't think the Ravens will lose their first game. I, I know, I, I wouldn't take them plus 240. The, the value is not there. I like the Chiefs. You know, three weeks ago, they were eight to one, and then they were six to one. Now, what would you say? They're four to one? Yeah, but Andy Reid's still their coach. I just want to tell you that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I still not sold on their uh, their running backs. The thing is, 
they have so much speed that it does seem like one of those teams that you feel like you're beating them for two and a half quarters and then you know, the rookie returns some punt or Tyreek Hill all of a sudden is an 80-yard catcher and then all of a sudden you're down three and you don't know what happened. They're right. like a basketball team. They might do something stupid, but, you know, that McCole Hardman is heating up at the right time and I don't know. I just like, just the little things that you, you see like there should be running the clock out on third and seven, like Mahomes throws it like 35 yards complete. Right. With like three minutes left. Well, like, he's oh, yeah, he's definitely healthier than he was. Yeah. I would just remind you not to uh, trust Andy Reid. All right. So what would be your Super Bowl right now? Uh, right now, I would say Chiefs 49ers. Interesting. So you think Chiefs beat the Ravens? Yeah, I do. That would be a great Super Bowl. I like it. I, I don't know. Well, there are a lot of really good matches there. Unfortunately, I don't think your team has the firepower to get there. Oh, I think I agree with you. I think you're <laughs> going to get no argument here. Um, okay. Let's guess the lines. Let's do it. This is a shaky's game. We gather our uh, fantasy team, whoever's left. I'm not going. Fighting all year. 20-year friendships almost going down the drain. But we go gather at shaky's. We watch the first game on Saturday. 435 Eastern, Buffalo at Houston, both 10 and 6. I'm a child of divorce who was fortunate enough to have a happy marriage. <laughs> and the fantasy league is the single most dysfunctional group dynamic that I have right now. <laughs> it, it started again last week. Damashek won our league. He went eight and eight. You were furious. You were like attacking him in emails. I thought I'm having fun because I, maybe I went too far. Maybe I misread he, he it. He got but upset. I lost to the five and eight playoff. Team, you guys so are yelling at it. You get, my Monday, it's like it's holiday week. You guys are firing barbs at each other. It's Christmas is the next day. Yeah, I know. We're all so right, dysfunctional. I, gotta, you know, I don't look at the calendar. You know, it's all we're all very focused when I argue. I feel like Ham really set the tone with his performance at the draft. He did, right? He was just <laughs> just so so sarcastic and hostile. And <laughs> Not very just, FBI agent-y of him. No, it wasn't. It wasn't very FBI agent-y. <laughs> so we have, we have uh, Buffalo playing in Houston. And I think I picked, what, what did I pick? Texans by four and a half? I think you said five. Texans by five. I've, I had put this right in the Vegas zone. I didn't know what to make of this game. I thought I knew exactly what to make with it. I was closer. I said three. I said, these are two 10 and six teams. I'll give Houston a three-point home field advantage and nothing else because I think Buffalo is actually better and the odds makers have it at three and a half. Mm. I guess that's fair. I, I really do think Buffalo is better. I think they're going to grind them out. They're going to talk. They're going to play a game much like you just described that what Tennessee would have to do if they went to uh, Baltimore. But um, I, need I think they're better overall. I need to know exactly what I'm getting from Will Fuller in this game. Because mm. it really does feel like whatever, however healthy he is, completely determines what's going to happen in a Texans game. And yeah. the worst thing would be betting on the Texans thinking he's healthy, and then in the second quarter they just show him on the high on the sideline with three people working on his leg. Right, and it's like, yeah, oh, we'll throw us out. Great again on uh, on Hopkins. So, right, now free him up. I also like Buffalo, and I think they're good. It really scares me to bet on Josh Allen on the road in a playoff game. I that, think he's ready. That violates, I think, four of my playoff manifesto rules. All right. Not I to mention, when was the last time Buffalo won a playoff game? Well, they didn't win, but they went to Jacksonville, and I think they lost 9 nothing two years ago when they made the playoffs, right? And it was like a moral victory. Right. Well, were they getting nine, and they lost a close game? I, I think they covered. No, they, yeah, covered, they covered, and then that felt yeah. like a win. That's right. They Yeah, they, they didn't lose 9 nothing. But other they than covered. that, it, it's it's... 
going back into like the 1990s, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. They have a lot of baggage. I, I, Houston is my kryptonite team. I've been wrong on them over and over again. Well, I'm wrong on Buffalo all the time, but now I'm siding with them. I just, I saw enough at them, you know, maybe that close game against the Patriots now doesn't mean as much as it, I thought it did last week, but, um, when are we going to get Corolla's picks? Maybe that'll swing my vote either way. <laughs> I'm sure. You made I'm, me look for Marshawn Lynch's over under rushing yards today for about 20 minutes. And I was like, all right, I can't find this and you're not going to bet it anyway. So what, what do I care? I'm Final surprised you didn't have the Pats money line. So yeah. then Saturday night, New England. It's fun. I I went low because, but I probably should have gone higher because um, I think this is where the line will end up. I picked Pats by three and a half, but it probably didn't start there. I went way high because they're the Pats and I kind of figured they'd get this night game. I said six, it's four and a half. So this one's yours. I think that's fair. They're like, let the, let the public bet it to six or three or three and a half, whatever they want to do. Here's the thing, Sal. Mm-hmm. If you remove the uniforms and um, all of our, all of our yeah. baggage with each team, and you're just talking talent versus talent, matchup versus matchup, this is a nightmare matchup for the Patriots. Yeah, but you can't do that. You have to, you have to consider everything. You can absolutely run on the Patriots. Hmm. You can move the ball on the Patriots and on the other side of the of the fence, they always seem to have trouble when they play against people that used to be in their infrastructure and understand what they do. All and right. the, this well, Tennessee team has a lot of people with Patriot ties, including the head coach. I'm not as, as you know, do you think Josh Allen can't win on the road? I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have a tough time winning. I think it all comes to a head here. I think I'm going to go back to my analogy with the Chargers last year. I thought they would run all over the Patriots, that defense, which wasn't as good, I don't think, but um, it didn't happen. You shut them down because you're the Patriots and it was Foxborough. I hope you're right. The Derrick Henry part of this really scares me. You'll see. You're going to convince yourself. You're going to, as of Wednesday, you're going to be like, what's this? Are you kidding me? The line is, the line is only four and a half. Come on. We're we're betting everything. Let's go to nephew Kyle as a tiebreaker. (laughs) Kyle, you, how worried are you going to go one and 10? I think it's over. Oh, come on. Yeah, I'm telling you, this this Fire is this is really dark times right now for the uh for the dynasty. It's not good. <laughs> on the other hand, you were eleven and one. How did you not get the buy? You were eleven and one. Well, I thought it was telling that the last time they didn't get a buy was two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Because that season reminds me a lot of this season. Does where it? we kind of knew they didn't have it, but the infrastructure were just counting on it to eventually carry the day. And then the Ravens came in. And they ran all over us and they absolutely kicked our ass. And the game was over in five minutes. That was the Ray Rice. That was the Ray Rice. And they, and I think this Titans team is wired very similar to them. I think they're delighted that they got the Patriots instead of the Chiefs. They have to be. They have to be. And I'll tell you another thing. And this is you and I, we watch football every week. And I'm sure a lot of people do. I don't know if they're watching four or five games at once and all that stuff. By the end of the season, Henry was the best running back in the league. And A.J. Brown was probably like one of the best seven receivers in the league. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Top, wouldn't you put him, if you started from scratch, who would I want in a playoff game? He'd Mm. be one of the first seven picks. So it's not like, it's not like this team is like Buffalo with Devin Singletary and, you know, a bunch of guys who you wouldn't even want starting on your fantasy team. 
They have like real dudes. Just remember, just remember this doom and gloom when you're asking me about the I, half point. I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I just try to be honest, both with myself and the audience. And Well, being honest isn't the Patriots way. You're going to tighten things up. You're going to change the batteries and the spy cams by Thursday. You're going to have some inside information. <laughs> I'm all for the cheat. People think we cheat anyway. I hope we cheat. <laughs> Whatever we need to do. Any People edge. think we cheat. Any, any, edge, any edge we could get, I'm all for. <laughs> uh, all right, NFC. I can't believe they split this up. I know. This is so weird. I guess it doesn't really matter because it's not, you know, it's not, it's not CBS Fox all the way through all four, but Minnesota at New Orleans is the early Sunday game, which that surprises me too. But. I I think I hit this one exact. I had Saints by seven and a half. You were close. I said seven. It's eight. Mm. I thought that's a little high. God, they're dying for us to tease them. Mm-hmm. They're begging for it, actually. We are. We're doing it with the Bills. That's our winner. So wait, what are the Titans right now? Uh, four and a half. So you could tease the Saints to two and the Titans to ten you and a could, half? but you're not going to. I'm not One saying I would. You won't do it, yeah. Do you think the Pats can score 27 points in that game? I don't know if that's going to be. I, I think 21-16 kind of thing. So that would have to be Tannehill mm-hmm. just completely giving us the game. Because yeah. the, the one other, interception. Yeah. The other problem with this Pats team, although the field goal kicker has been pretty good lately, but mm-hmm. um, but not being able to um, dominate in the special team side like we have in the past has been another issue. It's everything, really. It's like when do you see a illegal shift or what? What'd you get called for today? All that stuff. Yeah. And ben Watson. I don't know how many dumb poor time penalties he has this year, but it's mm-hmm. at least six. I the one thing I will say. If Edelman looks next week like he did this week, it's going to be really tough for them to win because he doesn't really have anyone else he trusts. Kyle and I want them to unleash Harry. We don't understand why mm-hmm. they, there isn't like four reverses in the game and swing passes and just like, just get him the ball and let him break tackles. This is what he did in college. Yeah, I didn't think about the extra day might have helped Edelman if this was a Sunday game. Like it might have been. Yeah. He, I felt like he got a concussion last week and they put him back in mm-hmm. or he's good enough at pretending to, you know, to fake the signs that he has one, but he hasn't been the same since he took that hit. Right. So I don't know. I don't know whether he's it's a shoulder. Else for sure. Do you think this Minneapolis miracle, it, it still resonates or this is going to be a good game? Is there a weirder rivalry than Saints Vikings? I, how really, many playoff no. games have we had with these two? Yeah. I don't think the Vikings have it. Yeah, because that was the Favre one, right? That was the crazy Favre game. Yeah, this is the bounty game. Right. And then it was the uh, the Miracle. Right. Did Booger ever figure out which team won the Miracle game Booger, or Booger, no? they convinced them it was a tie. And uh, that's as far as they're going to get with them. <laughs> Somebody was a miracle for one of these two teams. It felt miraculous. <laughs> it was <a> miracle. <laughs> uh, I, if Cook's not playing or if Cook's compromised, I don't see the roadmap. Yeah. It feels Their like defense is playing so well. I know it's whatever. I mean, they, they took care of Cousins on Monday, and then the Greer they just made look so so silly today. I can't remember where do we land on. Is it good to be peaking heading into the playoffs or not? Well, I guess if you're playing Week One in the playoffs, it's good, right? Yeah, I, mean, I guess. If, um, you know, maybe Baltimore has a slow first half two weeks. Yeah. All right, last one. 
Didn't it sad we're down to four games a week for a couple of weeks? Oh. Philadelphia hosting the Seattle Seahawks. I'm probably off on this, but I, I just couldn't see any scenario where the Seahawks weren't favored by at least three. I, I went Seahawks three and a half. Wow. No, you said two and a half, right? Oh, two and a well, half. It doesn't matter. I, you're going to, I said Philly by one, and it is actually Philly by one. You hit that? Yeah, I got it. So we split for the week. Two, two. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I, I don't know if you can make Seattle fair. I know they're seven and one on the road and everything else, and they they already beat them this year. But talk about peaking at the right time. I think Philly's kind of figuring it out with whatever the limited uh, pieces they have. You mean with Boston Scott? <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> I was just gonna tell you if Testator is announcing the Pats game, I would be so fucking mad. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I I can't have. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nervous and tense enough, and then on top of that, if he's in fifth gear the whole game, I'm gonna have to mute it. I'm not gonna be How able to handle. How much would it. we have to pay? Let's see. Okay, so that guy we got ninety. That guy Mark, we got ninety one thousand dollars for someone to watch a game with us. Could we do this again and pay Tessator to come over and call the Eagles game for us <laughs> in our living room? I don't think so. I don't think no, he probably no, no. likes us. All right. Maybe maybe it'd be a calmer testator <laughs> for that one. I I don't really love these games. I was so there was other variations of round one that I thought were way more intriguing than what we ended up with. Well, NFC did their job. I think. What do you mean? What what, what were you looking for? I guess it's just the fact that the Eagles are actually in the playoffs is a bummer. Right. Yeah. Because they're just it. not good. The, your division was awful. Yeah. It was really a dumpster fire and somebody had to win and somebody did. And the Eagles made it. They showed a lot of heart. Kudos to them. I love the Doug Peterson coaching job. I love the whole next man up mentality, but it's the playoffs. Like we only have 12 playoff teams. I just can't believe they're hosting a playoff game. All right. Well, you know, you know, they were nine and seven, right? They weren't five and 11. No, Everyone I know. I cried about this all, just all don't think long. they're. I just don't think they're very good. How many times did the AFC South winner go nine and seven to take the division? Like we didn't hear a word about it. I don't, don't make me defend the Eagles. I hate them. You just defended the Eagles. I, America heard you. We'll cut that out too, Kyle. And then <laughs> Texans bills is, I wish like the Texans were playing somebody that had more of a shootout mm-hmm. possibility than that. Pat's Titans would be the best of these four games. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Texans bills was set in stone like week nine, I think like, like Halloween that was set. Mm. All right. Let's, uh, let's do parent corner. As always, Parent Corner is brought to you by CarMax. You can get started at CarMax.com and explore 50,000 CarMax certified vehicles nationwide with search filters that make it easy to narrow down options, especially the ability to search by budget. Nobody knows this better than Nephew Kyle. This is how he found the Ford Mustang that is now a major part of his life. What did you, did you name the Ford Mustang yet? I did, but more importantly, I got a pair of dice. You did? Yeah. A dice like hanging from the yeah. rearview mirror. Oh, that's little, little gold dice. That's fantastic. What'd you name dice. the car? It's Maxine. There's no other name. Maxine. Right. Carmella, but I'm going well, with Maxine. Kyle found car Maxine at CarMax. They ruled out millions of vehicles with their vetting process to select only the best to become CarMax certified. Kyle could even look at the Mustang's vehicle history report on CarMax.com. Did not have the name Maxine in the uh, vehicle history report and learn about the car. All that stuff. He went and test drove it. He picked it out. He signed up for the additional CarMax 90-day 4,000 limited warranty. But but then also he got MaxCare too. Signed up for that. 
He appreciated that he had options based on the deductible and mileage that felt right for him. We'll talk a little bit more about that car after we do Parent Corner. Sal, you have the floor. All right. Well, I might as well go right to uh, Christmas morning. Got a 14-year-old, very appreciative of everything. And the other two are kind of bratty, uh, 12-year-old and 6-year-old. Tomorrow, uh, 5-year-old turns 6. And they open like 15 presents each. You know, we're very blessed. Everyone, they get, we have a lot of cousins and everything. So the gifts are coming in, all say from Santa on it. You know, Santa this, Santa that. Um, everyone believes, not not the 14-year-old, but the 12-year-old still believes. And the now 6-year-old for sure believes. And all we need is a picture of them by the tree after everything. And after they open these gifts, um, I'm like, all right, let's get a picture. And they're like, oh, but the two younger ones like, dad, enough already. Just get out of our faces. And I was like, you sons of bitches, you. I can't even count how much money and how much wrapping and everything else goes on. And I was like, hey, we got you all these gifts. The least you could do is take a picture. And the 12-year-old is like, you didn't get them for us. Santa did. I was like, that's it. I'm doing it. I'm blowing the lid right off. You're 12 years old. You can't, you, you can't do it. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I have to tell him. First of all, this kid has had access to porn. He's seen porn online. All right. And I, and he believes in that and Santa. I don't think there's an overlap. I don't think you can believe in both. I really don't. I don't think there should be one day where you witness pornography by accident and believe also in Santa. And I was ready and, and, she was holding me back, my wife, like uh, Mick was holding Rocky back when the statue was unveiled and he was going after Clubber Lang outside there. And uh, I, I really, I was going to blow the whole Santa thing, but I, I showed some restraint and I held back and we got the picture and uh, it's a shitty picture and shitty kids. There you go. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get us anything. What do you uh, say to that? It is funny to have the holidays where you have a lot more time with your family. Yeah. And then you need a holiday from the holiday. Right. Yeah. Can you guys go to school on December 26th? Because that's where I'm dropping you off. The best thing my son and I did was we watched the entire season four of Friday Night Tykes on Netflix. Oh, really? Have you watched this show? No. It's incredible. Friday I, Night Tykes. Don't Friday Night Tykes. What is it? No, no, no. You watch one and you'll watch all 10 in like four hours. All right. Um, it is, it's like uh youth football in texas oh really okay and i'll see that it's uh peanut butter falcon was a good recommendation we'll get to another uh, another one afterwards but thank you for that friday night tag season four it's just the coaching staffs just season four yeah this is the season we my son wanted to watch Ugh. um the coaching staffs could not be more inappropriate mm-hmm. um they, there's rivalries within the coaching staffs. There's people yelling at each other. They're dropping F-bombs and MFs wow. and all this stuff in front of these 11-year-olds. And uh, and my son loved this offensive coordinator, one of the team. The head coach kept second-guessing the offensive coordinator and the offense coordinator. Just let me call the plays, man. Oh, great. Just let me stop breathing down my neck. So then my son just walks around and now imitates the offensive coordinator <laughs> from season four of Friday Night Tex. <laughs> so congrats to that guy. That's not my parent corner though. Uh, last year we went back, the Simmons family, my dad's family, my dad has six brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. They celebrate Christmas every year because, you know, their parents are dead and they've just very close Irish family. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year we actually went back. We surprised my dad and we crashed the Yankee Christmas swap. We brought gifts 
and they ended up, they had some extra gifts. So we were all in it and it goes around and Ben a year ago gets this gift that includes these scratch cards and he's Mm -hmm. all excited about the scratch cards. So it goes through the whole order. And then after, as you know, the Yankee swap, then it goes, then you count down in reverse. And if you don't like your gift, you can swipe it as it goes from like 20. white elephant. You call it Yankee swap? Or whatever. We we call it Yankee swap. It's white elephant. So it's going backwards from 23 to one. He's holding his scratch cards. Like he's just about to do it. And (laughs) with like five spots to go, my cousin, Lauren, (laughs) it's her turn. And she goes over and swaps gifts with Ben. It takes the scratch cards, which I'm... Ethically, it was pretty dubious. I felt like right. I, I think like a, over maybe under age thirteen, you you kind of don't take the kid's gift. Would it would have been my rule? Takes the gift, so now Ben has no scratch cards, and Ben's devastated, but pretending he's not. But more <laughs> more importantly, knowing him and knowing that he can fly off the handle, I'm not worried he's gonna like have like fly off the handle and start to start being like the offensive coordinator of Friday Night Tikes <laughs> and just go nuts. He reins it in. Then on the way home, he's like, I'm never, I'm never going to Yankee Swap again. Sucks. I hate Cousin Lord. That's bullshit. And he's just furious. So we calm him down. So then he's talked about it for the whole year, about how he wants to go back to Yankee Swap and take Lauren's gift. Right. So this is bit How old is Cousin Lauren? She's like in her mid-30s. Oh, great. Um, it's your cousin. It's my yeah. cousin. Yeah. She's in her like early thirties. So for a year, he's like, it, for, it, it's vacillated between I'm never going back. No, I hate the Simmons family to, I want to go back. I'm going to take Lauren's gift. Right. Cause he's a maniac. So then yeah, we, this is why he's ordering knives on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He tried to bring those on the plane. Um, so we didn't know we were going to go back. And then last minute we decided we'd go back. So we go back, but the catch is, um, Cousin Lauren, she's not at Yankee Swap. So now Ben Ben can't get revenge. Right. Yankee Swap happens. Lauren's brother ends up getting scratch cards. Ben, on the way back, takes the scratch cards from Lauren's brother and gets mm-hmm. the revenge and is acting like it's this is the 86 Red Sox going back into Shea and taking the World <laughs> Series. Gets the scratch cards back. And is now like riding high ever since because nice. he is a lunatic. That's great. So yeah, the little ho- <laughs> nice holiday family story for you. And I'm going to guess, oh, uh, under $2.50, one on those scratch one, cards. One $2 out of like $50 of scratch cards. Good call. Good call. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the holidays. A couple heartwarming holiday stories for awesome. you. Awesome. That was Parent Corner presented by CarMax. Don't forget... CarMax.com. You can start there to explore 50,000 CarMax certified vehicles nationwide. At CarMax, the price is based on the car, not your negotiating skills. There's never any haggling or pressure to buy. They even have a seven-day money-back guarantee, which Kyle took advantage of. A full week to make sure you like every little thing about the car that you just got. Limited warranty as well, which covers 90 days or 4,000 miles. The major systems on the vehicle whichever comes first. And you can also select an optional max care service plan for additional coverage. And you can be like Kyle with Maxine. Check it out at CarMax.com. Uh, what do you got to plug? Uh, well, first of all, real quick uncut gems. I'm not going to trash it. 
First of all, great podcast. Probably the podcast of the year. You, Garnett, Sandler. I love the movie. I was so excited by it. I thought they made every scene uh, intense, even if it didn't need to be. It reminded me of like from the helicopter, when the helicopter's chasing uh, Henry Hill, from that point on, the, the, that's what Uncut Gems was. And like, I just loved him owing money to everyone and pawning everything. If you haven't seen it, I'm probably going to ruin a little bit. But the bet killed me. The bet at the end just killed me. The, the parlay. Francesa. Not good. The so we, are we going? Let's go spoiler alert uh, yeah. until until my daughter comes on later in this podcast. There you go. Spoiler alert. Just for two minutes. I'm just going to say I, I, I can't believe. Why don't they run this by someone for 10 grand? They could have a consultant say that this is not the way you could do it. Uh, we would have read the script for free. Right. And we would have said, no, you can't have someone make a hundred and twenty thousand dollar bet. Mohegan Sun, which probably takes a twenty five hundred dollar minimum on a straight bet, let alone a, a parlay with Kevin Garnett to win the tip, to win the tip for him to get over like nine and a half rebounds and for the Celtics to win the game. That's stacking. That's, that's Joe house. Like that's what he likes to do. You, you can't, it just took me no, out. No, it was worse it. than that. I thought, wasn't that. it also, you had to win the first half too. Did they have to win the first half? Yeah. Yeah. He had, a, I think he had to win the first half too. the Celtics. It was something like Celtics win the first half and the game, which I don't think is allowed, right? No, none of it is. It's because no one's <laughs> betting the other way, you know? Like, so there's no other money to take from that. Right. Oh, it just drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. Well, no this goes back to my, my dream for the last 10 years of starting a sports movie consultant service, mm -hmm. which the reason you would never actually start one is because you'd only be used one time a year and I don't think you'd make <laughs> enough money to survive. You All wouldn't right. be able to pay an assistant even. But um, this is where they would call the the Ringer Sports Movie Consultant Service and be like, hey, does this parlay look good to you guys? And be like, ah, actually, you can't really do yeah. that. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to do that. And you that. wouldn't bet Garnett to win the tip. It doesn't matter that he's even taller than whoever he's tipped. Like, that's such a... Okay, I was on board with the whole idea that this gemstone like gave him superpowers during the game. I was fine. Yeah, I was okay with that. But and just make the gem worth two million dollars, and then make that the bet. Don't not some crazy parlay that doesn't exist. Well, I have some terrible news for you. Speaking of movies, what is it? I've I've done a one eighty on the Irishman. Oh come on! Yeah, you think it's too short? <laughs> That's a one eighty. Uh, I watched it again. No, you didn't. I did. What do you have the time for this? I did. Well, I had you the time because I, I flew cross country from Boston, oh, LA yesterday. And Which country? <laughs> Russia? <laughs> <laughs> I flew from Iceland to LA yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to give it... I had enough people in my life who I respect who mm. was adamant that the movie has to be watched where you're not doing anything else other than concentrating 100% on the movie. I felt like I did that. Yeah. I picked up a lot of stuff the second time and it, it's still, I, could they have cut, shaved a little time off? Sure. But I get it now. I, I really liked it the second time and I get it All now. Right. And I, I've reconsidered my take. Well, what your take was that it was too long. So it was, it was still too long. Right? My take was that it was an hour too long and I didn't like the ending. Yeah. But the ending made more sense the second time. I think there was so much going on the first time. I think my brain just got overloaded. Really? And I uh, needed to like really concentrate, you know, with the CGI and I, I was getting my, I, I just wasn't concentrating on the right things. Do you think Jimmy Hoffa should have bet that Garnett would have under <laughs> nine and a half rebounds? Or? 
Pacino's really good. Yeah, he's solid. It's weird that Pesci became the guy that everybody's pointing to as the one with the best Academy Award chance because I mm. actually thought Pacino has some great scenes, but I think that this will be a movie that five years from now we will both have seen at least 10 times. Well, I don't think it's possible. Why? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it takes eight months to watch it <laughs> once, so could we see it 10 times in five years? Yeah, uh, maybe we could. It's got a lot of good scenes. All right. Yeah, that's what happens when you make a six-hour movie. It's going to have... It is what it is. (laughs) I think I'm in. I can't... It's it's a rare 180 for me, but I I think I... I think I was too hasty the first time, and I don't think I watched it correctly. I did not watch it in the right setting the first time, so... I will watch it again because it's an important movie. It really is important, and, and there's more going on than just the movie itself, but it really is like when you're talking about the trilogy Mm. and... To, you know, Goodfellas Casino and then this movie and the whole aging thing and where Scorsese is in his life and where De Niro and Pacino are in their lives, like in real life and putting but them the, in you that. You talk about that trilogy. This is Godfather 3 compared to those two, right? <sighs> this is, has really good scenes. I, wow. I got to say, I was... Better than Casino? Because I know you're not touching Goodfellas with this. No, it, I, I, I think it's a logical third. Yeah. The more I look at it, I, the CGI still bothers me and still seems fake to me. Right. And uh, the stomping scene is unforgivable. They're right. They can't do that. The the In general, it just is never convincing. You can never really tell what De Niro's age is other than his hair is darker. Yeah. But you definitely watch it again because there's some, there's some stuff that you and I really, really like that is in this movie that I think the more you see it, the more you would kind of call back. Even the wives, cigarette, the cigarette smoking in yeah, the car. Yeah, no, I know. It all looked good and it was fun and uh, it was great seeing them together. But I, I just thought it was 10 years, made 10 years too late. Well, that it, might be true though. I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not arguing that, but I'm, I'm glad it exists. I yeah. think it's going to win the Oscar. All right. I'll look at it again. Damn it. I thought I could have four hours. Just do one. Myself. Do like a, like a 10 at night when everyone's in sleep. It just, just shut everything out and just put a three and a half hours into okay. it. 10 at night to 4.30 in the morning. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, Sal. Uh, lock it in uh, Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern. Oh, I would have been champ again if not for your damn Patriots. I had them on a money uh, line parlay. Sorry. Of course, that's the story. It's Todd Furman. Um, and that's that. Oh, against all odds, we're going to go over a lot of season-long prop bets, individual players. I'm going to prove to you that betting under on every individual player prop is profitable if you have the time. Maybe just do it next time you're watching. Um, what do you call it? The Irishman. I'll do it. I'll do bet the props on the Irishman. I'll go under on all of them. There you go. Because great job in 2019 by you. Good job by you, buddy. All right. Don't go yet. Cause my daughter is coming on to do a special 2019 year end edition of for realsies. I'm stepping in for Liz Kelly doing it on this pod. All the stuff that mattered in teen culture. It is parent corner come to life. But before we do that, I wanted to tell you and remind you the rewatchables Monday afternoon, Quentin Tarantino, the first of a three part Tarantino trilogy on the rewatchables, three movies that he picked that we broke down. It's all coming Monday afternoon. Subscribe to the rewatchables right now, right? You can do it as you're listening to this podcast. All right, let's bring in my daughter. All right. My daughter is here since we did parent corner all year on this South podcast. I thought we'd have an actual kid. On here, <laughs> my daughter Zoe, who does four reels, is usually on the Ringer Dish feed. 
but we're gonna since it's the end of 2018, we're gonna do it here. All right. So Remder and I did who won the year. Who'd you on the choose? Podcast. We picked um who do we end up we Kawhi Leonard beat Zendaya in the finals. Oh, really? And Zendaya had beaten Billie Eilish in an earlier bracket. I'd like to know your reasoning because I was going to choose Zendaya for my person. It's Zendaya. <gasps> what uh, did I say? Zendaya. I was going with Zendaya this whole year. So. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Continue. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, you have Billie Eilish? Yeah. I chose Billie Eilish. What is the reasoning? Because she's just been the break star of this year. Why? Like everyone knows who Billie Eilish is and her music has been so influential and she's a teenager. So she's more relatable to at least people within my age group and everyone loves her music. She's just like a universal artist and she's cool. I was surprised that she seems to really, the stuff she's doing seems to really resonate with well, kids. Because people have so many issues with insecurities and she kind of just like cuts that out of her music, her style. She doesn't use her appearance as what makes her interesting it's all about her music and with her outfits and stuff like she wears outfits that are three times too big for her so she doesn't show her figure and things like that so i just find her really cool okay what was your favorite billy Eilish song um when the party's over probably do you think she has legs what is what's her career look like <laughs> 10 years from now no, i don't mean like, like physical oh. legs <laughs> like Ten, like how Taylor Swift kept reinventing herself, and yeah, well, she's still well going Taylor Swift had like some dropout years where things just kind of went downhill for her. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because Billy's huge right now; like she's huge. I feel like she might end up taking a break and then like making a really sick album and coming out with it in a couple years. Because I don't think she's just going to push things out to push things out and to keep herself in the loop. I feel like she's someone who cares about her music too much to do that. So she might take a break and make some really good music and then come out with it being strong rather than just producing half music. I do worry about her, the burnout potential with her because yeah. it seems like she's been going strong for a couple of years now. That's true. Yeah. Uh, no breakout stars for you? I TikTok? See, Any TikTok stars? No. I don't like the fact that there are like celebrities within TikTok or people that have the hype. Like... TikTok is supposed to be random and I don't like that there are these people that are now becoming bigger within it. Like, like influencers. Who? Who, give me one person who became bigger. Um, Charlie D'Amelio. Oh, I don't know who that is. And then Lil Huddy. Lil Huddy? Yeah. Kyle's, Kyle's it was like, it was confused. like musically there was Jacob Sartorius and like Baby Ariel and people like that. They were the influential bigger celebrities within the, within the app. Yeah. And we were avoiding that for like a good amount of time with TikTok and then people started getting the hype and I don't like it as much anymore. Well, one person who hasn't become big within the app is your brother, Ben. Which really doesn't make sense to me, quite honestly. His TikToks are so... <laughs> I don't even I, know what to I, say. I'm, I'm totally happy with him not having followers. You have uh, Snapchat as your app of the year. Yeah. But TikTok as kind of the breakout app of the year. Even yeah. though TikTok's been around, this is like the first huge TikTok year. Yeah. Because musically it was like it's, you know, it's stepping stone. Yeah. And then TikTok came around, which is like the better version of musically and kind of Vine combined. So it was musically and Vine together. And now it's like this super app. How would you explain TikTok to people listening right now who either have kids or who don't understand what TikTok is in like two sentences? Um, If you 
can I say it as if they knew what Vine was? Yeah. Okay, so it's basically the extended version of Vine where you can have up to 60 second videos and you can use your own sound and like make your own little skits or you can use the app's noises that they already have and make your own skits to it. Like you can make memes out of these sounds that they have. It can be sounds from movies or sounds from TV shows or memes or whatever it may be. And you can take these noises and then make it your own and like percept it. But you still like Snapchat more because that allows well, they're, you to- they're completely different apps because that's more of a social app where I communicate with people and TikTok's entertainment, I would say. Where you communicate in secret with people. In secret. Yeah, I was sat next to you on an airplane yesterday and all you were doing was sending weird yeah, selfie pictures like, to your friends. It's because message, iMessage is kind of more irrelevant now. Like I only use it to um, communicate with family members. Yeah. And- Snapchat's just a lot easier and faster. And you can, I do the 24 hour saving chats so I can remember what was happening. You can save your chats and then it will like, that's the max that you can save it to. Yeah. But I've talked to my friends about this and it's just a lot easier to communicate with people because it's so much quicker. No, I didn't say anything. Oh. <laughs> I thought Kyle was judging me. I would me. say, how often do you have to say, I forgot what you just said though? I save all Wait, my what chats. what did you say? Oh, okay. Fine. I, yeah, I save them so I remember what I said. Unless it's like a picture. How many times yeah. can you send a stupid selfie to one of your friends and then have them send a stupid selfie themselves it back It can be a lot. Before that gets boring though. I mean, if it gets boring, then you just leave one or the other on open. Someone's mildly hurt and you move on with your life. What about, explain the Snapchat streaks to me. Oh, see, I don't even understand streaks that much either because it's not like it benefits your snaps, your Snapchat in any way. It's just, it's a number and you'll send like an S in the morning and an S at the night in a picture and it will like count every day that you do that. And I guess the point is just to like have a long streak. I don't understand it either. I don't do streaks. It's idiotic. It's idiotic. I, I don't think streaks are smart. Is there a time with Snapchat where people just grow out of it? What's the age range? Grow out Kyle, of it. Kyle, you See, don't use Snapchat, nah, do you? Long gone. Yeah, but did you use it at one point in your life? Yeah. Okay. When it was like brand new. See, I'm hearing, I was talking to Liz Kelly about this and her older or her younger brother uses Snapchat like all the time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember how old her brother was, but he was like within the older Gen Z. Well, for six hours on an airplane yesterday, you vacillated <laughs> between Instagram and Snapchat while you I don't, I was also watched a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see you read one page of a book. Okay. We were going to purchase a book at the store and then we did. I just worry about your generation. I worry about Does your my generation, generation too. read books. I read if books. If you saw somebody holding a book, would you be like, what's that? Why do you have that? <laughs> I actually was complimented by my teacher about how much I read. So. Oh, God. Well, if you're reading a lot for your class, that's a sad sign for your okay. class. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your breakout. Entertainment app of the year, Disney Plus. What oh. an addition to the Simmons family. Disney Plus is just incredible. And I'm so thankful that is it is a thing. What are your what's been your favorite thing about it? All the old shows? Yeah, because it's so nostalgic, like 2020s around the corner and the generation's ending, quote unquote. And it has all my shows that I watched from when I was really little. The shows that I was banned from watching, like Jesse, because I was too sassy. Wizards of Waverly Place. I've binged through all of it. Good luck, Charlie. Incredible. Yeah, but if we had let you keep watching Jesse, imagine how sassy Ben would have become. 
Ben. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, wait, ben? that didn't work at all. <laughs> wait, you don't have a generation yet. What do generation you mean? doesn't form until it's like 20. I you're, don't know. You're not, on a, TikTok, you're not all in a generation yet. On TikTok, all it says is like the generation's ending, your childhood's over. Oh, Boomers. <laughs> but um one show that Disney Plus has just brought to my life. I was never like a religious watcher of the high school musicals. Like yeah. I watched them maybe once or twice, but I was never like, that wasn't a huge part of my childhood. I just never watched it. I don't know why. I probably would have loved it. But High School Musical, the musical, the series has become probably my favorite TV show. Really? Yeah. How many episodes of that? I mean, I've watched all of them. They come out like weekly or every four to five days or something. Huh. But Well, you've seen every rom-com ever. You've run yeah. out of rom-coms. It's, there was some I'm, rom-com on the plane. What was it called? Plus one? Yeah. And you just saw the title and you knew exactly what was going to happen. So okay. I, I'm proud. You're yeah, on the 14. I've read You've the already movie. figured it out. Yeah. I know all the little anecdotes and things that go on within the movie. I just can read them now. I told you what movie to do. What do you mean? When you write your first movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that on the live stream. Two ninth graders who make a pact that 20 years from now, if they're not married, they have to marry each other. And then it goes back and forth between the 15-year-olds and then the older adult actors. Yeah, I feel like that really would be a successful movie. That probably was a movie. I'm probably stealing yeah, that idea from a movie are, that already but happened. But I feel like, here's the thing. Netflix needs to get on a movie that will meet something like that. Because I feel like there's always a little twist that I'm not completely interested in. Like it will be a basketball cook or like the the tall girl. She's just super tall. Like I feel like I need more of just a completely basic love story movie. What's your last favorite Netflix movie? The one, that terrible one in the snowstorm? What's what was that one? one what was the one where there was a snow, it was snow day? What? Noel? Let it snow. Oh. Yeah. Let it snow. Yeah. That is a good you one. You watched that movie like four times. Yeah. But that's not an all around year movie where I can just watch it like midsummer. I need a movie that I can just watch 24 seven. That's why the kissing booth was such a huge deal for me because- I could watch it whenever. And that movie's so easy to watch. I could half watch, know exactly what's going on. The first time I saw it, I read the movie, but I need more. Like I need more like that. That's so easy. So Netflix should be making these like every three weeks. Yeah. Just keep pouring them out. I feel like it's not that hard. I mean, it is hard, but like you don't need to make your plot so intricate for me. Like you can just make it super basic and I'll enjoy the movie. Maybe they should make a movie about this girl who finds a boyfriend and she just tortures him by watching terrible movies with him every Friday okay. night. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, I did not need to be attacked there. Uh, Netflix, you had listed Stranger Things, Kissing Booth, Big Mouth, Lex and Katie, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And um, the sequel that's coming around on February 12th. Snow, but then the sequel is the next big one. Yeah, February 12th. I've never been more excited. I'm honestly like, literally so excited what is going to be the sequel see i didn't to all the other boys i've loved before <laughs> to more of the boys i've loved before i don't understand how is there a sequel to that i mean it kind of left on a closing note which i'm i didn't read the second book i read the first book which was yeah. the movie so i don't know what's going to happen from there but it ended on a closing note like they were on the lacrosse field they kissed and it just ended with like a wide shot. So it's con continuing their story. I guess. But like, I feel like there needs to be that hook. The first movie was 
had that hook and I don't know what they're going to do for this. So Netflix one. or Disney Plus, you can only have one for 2019, which you pick. I can only have one. Yeah. But I like things from each. But if, if I told you you could only, you could do the year over again, but you only have one of those two, which one was more important? Well, I would say Netflix. Yeah, Netflix, because I had that throughout the majority of the year. I didn't have Disney Plus the I think you year. get mad at my questions. Because that's like an annoying question. Well, I like yeah, I'm both. asking you to pick it up. See, but here's the difference between Netflix and Disney Plus. When I'm watching Disney Plus, it's like a relay of everything, my childhood, like memories. Right. And Netflix is more of like a mature show, I would say, or like a mature audience. It's you also, people. you watched the one where the, the kids came back from the school bus trip and nobody in the town was left. And then they had to form their own society. Oh my. Oh, what I was that one that called? Show. That show wasn't totally appropriate. What do you mean? Yeah, it was. What was that show called? Wasn't it The Society? Wasn't it Yeah, society? The Society. Yeah, you like that I, show. Dang, I can't believe I forgot about that show. That show was incredible. I blew through that. You, ch- you, yeah, Props you to my friends for making me watch it. That show's great. Um, you were upset that there were no good horror movies in 2019. Yeah. See, for the Simmons family, and I'm sure a m- bunch of families out there, horror movies are our staple. That's what we do together. That's one of the many ways we bond. Yeah. And I didn't feel like there was a kicker this year that was like, oh my God, that movie it was seems terrifying. Like there's, there's a lot of ones coming though. Yeah, Starting that's, that's like what the grudge is coming out in January. I feel like 2019 was kind of like the poop year for horror movies and they were giving us a little break because they're going to slam us in the next couple of years is what I'm hoping. I saw that there's a potential another Annabelle coming out. Oh my God. Uh, that's so exciting to me. I liked when we were on the plane and Ben was watching Annabelle. I was too. Oh, you were watching it too? Yeah. I like when he watches horror movies on the plane. Like he's not oh, enough of a psycho. No, but it's amazing to watch horror movies on the plane because there's like that little turbulence and there's enough people around you so that you're not completely terrified and feel comfortable watching it on your own. It's it's a good experience. So was ninth grade, What? how is it different than how movies represent ninth grade or TV um, shows? Well, I feel like I have a different viewpoint on this because I go to a untraditional high school. Yeah. But a universal comment that I could make, I guess, is like the seniors aren't mean to the freshmen. Like, So it's you just, think that's a movie gimmick? That's just a movie thing. There's a divide, obviously. The seniors kind of don't really care about just, the freshmen. No, they just don't talk to us. Like, it's, it's not like they're being rude. They just don't care. You're not on their radar. No. Like, they wouldn't put their time and energy into tormenting a freshman it doesn't work like that maybe it was like that in kyle's high school it was like that he tortured all the freshmen oh i got tortured (laughs) my first maybe that's more of like a i don't know but that's that doesn't exist anymore at least within my school and my friends so you're disappointed there's not more hazing and intimidation no i'm not disappointed (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) that was inaccurate like i was afraid of the seniors going into high school and they're super, I don't know why I was afraid of the seniors at my high school, but. Well, you had you know. that cause you were playing soccer and you're in the, the varsity team and the yeah. seniors, that whole dynamic. But then it, everyone eventually, it doesn't matter what grade you're in. Yeah. It really doesn't. Starts. It's fine. You got used to it. Yeah. What else? That's it. That's the only other I thing. I mean, I feel like that was the huge thing that I was looking for. Why did you want to talk about cancel culture? Because that's been huge this year. Like James Charles, probably one of the kings of YouTube for a, a good year, just completely under the radar, gone now. What did he do? 
he had that whole controversy with Tati. How would I know what that was? I, I just say it. What was the controversy? Um, him and Tati were best friends. Yeah. And she had this sugar hair vitamin company that he said he wouldn't promote on his channel because he just didn't want to promote something that wouldn't be appropriate for his viewers. But then he promoted her um, highest competitors company on his story because they helped him get a VIP pass at Coachella because he was in a crisis, quote unquote, and needed a VIP pass. And they offered to give him a pass if he promoted them. So then Tati got mad because that's her biggest competitor. And he said he wouldn't promote her item because it wasn't appropriate for his viewers. And this got him canceled? Yeah, this got him canceled. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) How is that a cancel? Because Tati... And also, so everyone sided with Tati. Yeah, because she made these videos. And How she's, do you spell Tati? T A T I. T A T I. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, but she made all these videos, and also she talked about some controversial things that James did, where he was hitting on straight men and stuff because they were so close. He did the stuff in front of her, and never thought that it would like come back. I guess I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying this is what I heard. This is what. Yeah, this is the story. This is the story. And it you all, have no idea if it's true. Yeah. This is the alleged story. Yes, and it all came out once they were enemies. And that was it. And everybody sided with her. Yeah. So he got canceled. Who stuff, else got canceled? And now James is gone. I mean, multiple people have gotten canceled, but come back. Like. So it sounds like real life because this is yeah. happening with adults too in real culture. Yeah. Tana Mojo. Oh. She. I can't believe what happened to her. <laughs> she had TanaCon, which went completely downhill. TanaCon? What was that? Trashed TanaCon? her for a little bit. Um, I don't really know the full story about TanaCon, but TanaCon was like an event she was having, meet and greet sort of thing. And she promised all of this stuff. It was almost like Fire Festival, but much yeah. smaller in TanaCon version. Right. I assume. And she like just kind of screwed all these people over. And oh, no. everyone was really mad about it. And she got canceled for a little bit, but came back. Jeffree Star gets canceled all the time. He got involved with the James Charles controversy, like saying bad things about James. And they kind of got into it and Shane sided with Jeffree. So it was just like this whole YouTuber drama. What is it about your generation that everybody wants to be some sort of celebrity online? Because it looks appealing from the outside. Yeah. Even it's you, a, you were, we were in Boston and you hopped on the Four Reelsies Instagram account and you were just doing live Q&As with But that's what people. But people have fun. It's fun to do that. I never thought you would like do stuff like that though. Why? I don't know. Just never seemed but you just like were bored and you just started talking to people on Newberry Well, Street. I just started asking they started asking questions and I wanted to answer their questions cuz I got bored. It's just it's easy, but I could see as people on YouTube just like shooting their shot because it's it, there's nothing holding you back. It's like it's not like you're going to be punished if you don't get famous. So why not try? You know, right? And if something sticks and they get views, then it's like almost this. So you like thing. the interactions? You don't care about the no? Being, I don't care about building an audience. Part. No, but that's what people look for. Yeah, that, that's what like your yeah crazy because, brother would look for. Yeah, nowadays like people make a lot of money off of YouTube, like a lot of money, and just from creating videos and editing and stuff, which is extremely hard. It's like, as it doesn't seem as hard as it is if you were someone like that, but they they make like good amounts of money and it's, it's kind of crazy. 
how easy it can be to distribute. So that's why you're doing live chats on your for real. No, that's not why I am, but that's why it can be appealing to others. TottyCon? TottyCon. For realsiescon? TanaCon. TanaCon? You're so silly. (laughs) Do for realsiescon. For realsiescon where I can screw a bunch of people over. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good idea. You see, the only other thing is you've had the same boyfriend for five months though. Was that a bad? I don't know. Kyle, are we surprised that this is still going? Are you surprised? I'm keeping my, I'm staying out of this. Kyle's staying (laughs) out of it. (laughs) Rude. What's rude about it? I'd like your opinion. I'm, you went, bo- I'm both of y'all's producers. You went from you weren't into boys at all to all of a sudden you've had a boyfriend for five months. I wasn't not into boys at all. Well, I just you didn't, didn't want to talk boyfriend. to you about That's it. That's what she told you, dude. Yeah. I wouldn't talk yeah, to you about that. Yeah, this is what I'm that. fine. My big lesson in 2018 was my daughter hid stuff from me. It's not hiding stuff. Would you go to your parents every like every day and know. update we them on your love life? I a lot of time life? in the car. Uh, yeah, but I. that's like an awkward thing to bring up. You're kind of an intimidating guy. Says who? Your blue eyes says who. <laughs> I see. It's scary. I'm afraid to have serious conversations with you sometimes because it's like more intimidating than it is to have with mom. Actually, that's not true. Well, I'm not crazy like mom. Though. No, I know. She's scary. She you, flies off the handle. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always in control. <laughs> We've had good car rides this year. I only got mad at you once. Oh, yeah. I don't like when you get mad at me in the car because I can't escape. I just have to look out the window, sadly. Until it's usually justified. Yeah, that's true. But you're an overreactor sometimes. 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 Yeah, I haven't. we haven't had a lot of car rides lately, so I never know what's going on with you. Because you, your club season ended. Yeah. It's coming back. We have... So what are your big predictions for 2020 before we go? Um, I feel like... TikTok's going to blow up even more and then blow over and they're going to make some sort of update to the app that everyone's not going to really like. And then it's going to kind of get less popular because of that update. Unless they're smart. We'll see how they handle it. Um, I feel like Instagram's kind of going down under, at least for me. Not down under because people still use it to post pictures and stuff, but it's like not as much of an exploring entertainment it's more you're of just like talking a, about for teens not for everybody oh yeah well yeah but i feel so like you feel like people have gravitated towards snapchat and tiktok yeah because in, instagram isn't becoming an entertainment source at least for me anymore like i don't really go on the explore page and stuff like that like i only use it to look at my friends posts and stuff is there anything on the horizon that you feel like could bubble up mm, i don't know i've fortnite no, Fortnite's dead. Fortnite's, Fortnite's gone. Dead. I was kidding. I gladly. I feel like that stage was far too long. Some people still use it though. What's going to be the big video game this year? I don't Do you feel think like they'll come out with something new? Yet. I mean, yeah. some of us are in love with Madden right now and screaming at the TV upstairs. Oh my god, it's terrifying. I, he sounds like a truck driver. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> It's so you're gonna, toxic. You're going to miss him when you go off to college. In no, three years, I know I'll miss years. him and he'll miss me you're too. You're going to be living on some dorm floor where nobody's going to be screaming like a maniac for <laughs> half the night. And you, this poor kid, this poor random kid that he was playing with, he was screaming at him like he would scream at you if you messed up. Like traumatizing <laughs> oh, no. this like poor nine and a half year old. Oh my God. Yeah. We got to, we got to basically uh, we have to control take ben. video games out of his room, I think. Yeah. All right. So no more predictions for 2020. What was your celebrity no. relationship of the year? Just out of curiosity. 
that's a toughie. Um, I'm shipping Natalie and David right now. They're not dating, but they're dating. You're predicting it. Yeah. Okay. There there's go. there's been a lot of signs, unless they're teasing us and over exaggerating it, making it seem like they're dating for the clout. But I really have a feeling they're dating. All right, we have to go. So follow. Uh, even though you haven't been posting nearly enough, you're gonna post more in 2020. Yeah, you're just if using that's it more for are. like these. These live, live videos, thingies. but I feel like that's more interactive and interesting. All right. Well, for realsies. Yeah. For realsies. Thanks, Zoe. You Thank had a you good 2018. I'm proud of you. I did. Thank you. Good Good job. I feel like 2020 even numbers will be more fun. Okay. We'll see. Bye. Bye. That's it for the BS. Coming up on Tuesday, we're going to have a little special Parent Corner 2019 Greatest Hits Edition. And then one more big podcast this week. Don't forget about the rewatchables. The Tarantino trilogy starting on Monday. And then Book of Basketball 2.0 is coming back strong starting next week. So that's all happening. Thanks to CarMax. Thanks to State Farm. Thanks to Nick Kyle. And uh, we will see you later in the week.